This is Bibliovile, the terrible book exchange podcast. We're back, where a wife and her husband get each other the worst books they can find each other, except it's Otherworld again! Woohoo! For this episode of Bibliovile, Nick read Haunted Moon, special guest Michelle read Autumn Whispers, and I read Crimson Veil, all by Yasmin Gallinor. Crimson Veil again! It's another world episode. Welcome to Bibliovile. I'm very excited. My name is Mick Dickinson. I'm Susan Dickinson. And I'm Michelle Johnson. And I took too long of a drink, so I couldn't talk. But we are here to talk about our favorite book series, Otherworld. Um, we'll get into it, I am sure. But I just have to say before we get going, the more I read this book series, the more I love it. Uh, Michelle, thank you for coming. Apparently, we cannot record a podcast without you present anymore. I'm just the secret sauce. You really are. You guys, you yeah. really are the secret you sauce. You just bring the best out in everyone. <laughs> um, but we are here gathered in what we delightfully call the Harry Potter cupboard uh, to record a podcast for you back on the Bibliovile train after a, after a short detour. And what a wonderful train it is. What a weird and maddening and just absolutely and utterly baffling train this is. Yes. <laughs> The Otherworld Express is, uh, uh, take some twists and t- some turns, maybe a loop-de-loop here and there. It's more like a roller coaster than a train, but really, I feel like it was very indicative of this book series, the way that Michelle finished her book. We were sitting downstairs in our parents' house, and Michelle was reading, and she's like, I'm pretty close to being done. And then all of a sudden, she, like, kind of starts and looks at her Kindle and looks at me and goes, it ended. It just kind of ended abruptly <laughs> so so in fairness i i was at 91 yeah. percent on my kindle which would seem to indicate that there was i don't know about nine percent of a book left or at least eight because there's a bunch of end matter oh, and yeah. definitions and stuff but and don't forget the playlist the playlist the, yeah the <laughs> yes. cast of characters the glossary oh man i love this book so much <laughs> But uh, yeah, I was I was very I was very shocked. So we'll we'll talk about that in in a little bit, I think. Yeah, but first I want to bring up Susan, you were reading a book that you have already read. I am. So I I read Crimson Veil for this episode and this was the first other world book that I had ever encountered. Yeah, way you, back episode I think it was, 7. I think it was in Ames. Ugh. I think it was We are too. just barely married. Um, so we right at the beginning of the podcast Mick had gotten Crimson Veil for me and it started this whole thing because then a few episodes later we decided to do a sequels episode, which is when I got you something, Shaded Vision, which Michelle has now read. Uh-huh. Yes, um, and that's what started this whole thing. So I have read Crimson Veil before, and this was the first bonkers book that I had read of Yasmin Gallinor. On our way up here to uh, Susan Michelle's parents' house for a birthday weekend, we listened because we listened to ourselves on a podcast. That's not egotistical at all. You're an idiot. Um, that. We remembered, we thought that these books were like out and out bad books, but fun bad books. Yeah. And I'm, I, I have a theory about that and it's that B movies are not necessarily bad at being movies. And I think that that term has now gotten con- like uh, confused around that a movie that is just bad, people are like, oh, it's a real B movie, but that, that's not it. B movie is like a special kind of bonkers yeah, we know that this is stupid and fun, but it's fun, right? That kind of movie. So, so. you're saying that these are the B movies of books? Yes. And I think that we thought that the the crim- the original Crimson Veil was insane, what with its Derek and its demigod going to play uh, Mario Kart. But 
Actually, we were pretty spot on because that's that's exactly what this book series is like. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and it, like, it was funny because I remember the first time I read this book, wondering, does none of this make sense because it's crazy? Nineteen, or does none of this make sense because it's book fifteen of nineteen? Right. And it turns out, it's yes, still just crazy. Yeah. It's crazy yeah. and insane. Because listening back to that podcast that we had recorded two years ago, I still oh, didn't three. know who half the characters were. So, yeah, that's about where we're at right now. But, Mick, the first one of this trio here was yours. Yes, as always. Haunted Moon. I, as always, read our our loving, uh, (laughs) that's one way to put it, Uh, Moon Witch Camille. Her her book, she is the eldest of the D'Artigo sisters. She's a half-fae, half-human witch. Uh, And she was in Moon Whispers, or not that, it was a previous one, excuse me. She's in Haunted Moon. And this book, like I've been saying, I think I'm doing better than the rest of you at this series. Uh, I, I just keep falling more and more in love with the Otherworld series, uh, and it just gets crazier and crazier. And I think that Yasmin Galnorn is getting better and better at writing as we go through this series. Because last one was the very skin-crawling uh, one with the dragon and she got captured and there was high high toe yeah all sorts of fun sexual assaults to read but uh this one was not gross it was legitimately exciting like I, i i can get into the plot a little bit but i was actually worried and i wanted to keep reading a lot and not just because it was bonkers but because it was like what's gonna happen I, I was engaged with the the craziness and she did a really good job representing all of the uh the threat to Seattle that was being presented because I don't remember where your last book left off, Susan, because uh, you have the book before mine. But there's Gulak. Yeah, I believe we've, he's the he's the god of ghosts, Lord of Ghosts, or something. Yes. He's like a literal god, and so he's presenting all sorts of issues, and they've got to go find a way to hunt him down. But the thing is that these other witches and with uh, keep disappearing, and they think it's some magic eating demon that has showed up in the series before but they killed all those instead what it turns out is that there's like this cult that is brainwashing all the magic users in seattle and then using them for food for all of these different ghosts so that the lord of ghosts gets even more powerful and it's a problem right and so now we've got to find Sounds like a pretty big problem yeah (laughs) but the the fun thing about it is that like three separate times it's the classic other world thing where they're like, oh, finally we have a night off, and then Chase calls, and it's like, yeah. the yep. entire world is at stake, and they're like, oh, and they put on their boots and drag their way into Seattle, and they're like, oh, man, we did it, and then Chase calls, and it's like, there's a single person who's in trouble now, and they have to go <laughs> run over there, and, and so it's another very busy other world, uh, you know, the, they're sliding down the fire pole in their gigantic crowded house uh, to go to go solve some issues. And they're probably stiletto boots. Yes. Yeah. Oh, can't, get some real shoes. Uh, but the f- the coolest thing was is that the the thing that is causing these issues are called spirit demons or spirit eaters or some such thing, but they apparently can't be brought in th- like just through normal means. And so th- the reason that they're having these brainwashed witches and wizards is because they they get uh, like an egg, like they are in an egg. And uh, as people walk into these eggs, they are just absorbed. And even if you manage to, like, grab them when they're only part of the way in, you pull them out, they're, like, bored through. Because the spirit demons have little tentacles coming out of where their heart would be and, like, latching onto people. 
And then they, yeah, they suck the like essence. I know it was really creepy and good, right? And so there's this egg, and it's growing every single time. Either a person who's been brainwashed, or like the zombies and bone walkers, which are two separate things. Are they related to bone golems? Uh, Kind of. A bone walker (laughs) is just an animated skeleton, I guess, and a zombie is a zombie. And it's kind of funny because Seattle's waking up to like, man, this is kind of an issue to have magic people here because now there's zombies and like four cops (laughs) die and all that kind of stuff. So that's not good. Chase breaks his ankle. Man, that That guy, yeah, he does not have a good series. Although Cammy like shows up and is like, you have grown a lot in these 18 months since the beginning of this book series. It has only been a year and a half. Oh, man. Things move very quickly in this yeah. series. But anyway, so these, this egg is just floating in this haunted sort of Greenbelt Park region where there's a lot of spirit activity. There is. I've had several books that were set in the Greenbelt Park region. Yeah, so the, the it's just this gigantic off-white like sphere that's like its surface is never still. And every single time a human or a living thing walks into it, it gets a little bit bigger and they finally figure out what it is. Shade, the the half dragon, half shadow walker. I don't know what that is. Still, uh, is like uh, that's an that's an egg. And when it hatches, you're, we're gonna get about forty five. Very sad. Yeah, we're gonna get about forty five of those spirit demons, or or seventy, or something like yeah. that. And so they just have this egg, and they're trying to stop all these brainwashed people from just walking into it. And then you've got zombies just doing a line in. And the spirit demons can't be fought with anything physical except for silver. And they only have like three silver daggers and everything like that. So it was this like 30 page uh, sequence of them getting here and trying like a ticking clock aspect of this is going to explode full of spirit demons and we're going to be in big trouble. I'm just imagining, you know, in Yoshi Valley in like 64 Mario Kart, the big <laughs> spinning egg. Oh yeah, the big that's, spinning egg. That's what bridge. I'm imagining this being. Except for like of. zombies walking into it and then it keeps getting bigger. I saw like, you guys remember that terrible adaptation of Sphere by Michael Crichton? Absolutely Nobody? not. Okay. Good story. Good story, um, Mick. But then it hatches and they, they go out, out and the, the soup militia, mainly made up of wares, uh, werewolves, but... Uh, listener, in case you haven't been listening, go back and listen. Oh yeah, but this also, is be insane. Also, soup does not mean, like, soup. It means, like, <laughs> supernatural. Yeah, if you're just joining us, what the hell are you doing, <laughs> thinking is going on here? But the supernatural militia shows up, mainly made of were creatures, other than werewolves. Uh, Wear pumas, yeah. wear seals, mainly wear pumas, I believe, and wear foxes and coyotes, um, and they show up with just like silver swords, like <gasps> hell yeah, hell and that's yeah. legit. And they take care of most of the fighting. Like the the core group is losing this fight, and Cammy's getting like lashed onto a little bit, and every single like tentacle is like a moray eel, where like a, is that what I'm thinking? Where yeah. like on the face of it, or like a tapeworm. Oh, yeah. She had to, like, stick a knife beneath her skin and lift up to get it off of her. Anyway, so it's, like, legitimately gross and, ah, grah, we have to win. And they show up and Kami goes back and sits down because she's been eaten a couple times. And all of the werewolves are, like, because they can't handle the silver either, are just uh, guarding the, the hurt people. And so you got a bunch of burly guys, like... On nursing duty, and it was pretty funny. Oh, I do like that. I bet that. Cammie loved that. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of Cammie and love, uh, it turns out she's the high priestess of the Moon Mother, as we know, and she's going to become the high priestess of the Dark Moon uh, mm. because she's been training in death magic with one of her three husbands, Morio. Uh, he has to become a priest of the Moon Mother for this all to work. And so we get about another 30 pages of them 
really wanting to bone during some magical ritual and there's all sorts of different trials they have to go through and we learn a little bit more about Morio's past and it's good character building and then they go at it and then they go home and they go at it with all three of the people. And although... Uh, yeah, I'm glad I don't read the Camille books because I don't think I could do it. Yeah, um, so as I was saying, she's getting better at writing the fun, like, uh, legitimately made me nervous and excited and yeah, like the action scenes. A yeah. little bit, yeah, and the overall kind of plot, I think she's getting better at it. <sighs> there has been a bit of a bell curve in the sex scene writing Ooh, where at the beginning it was kind of awkward and she wasn't too good at it and then there it was a route up where it's like okay you know this is very weird sex that i'm not super into because there's three guys and one lady but they all seem to be enjoying it and then it really took a turn here in this book for oh, like no. the straight up and down pornographic like uh the vocab use was one of oh. Not good. <laughs> but it did get me not... Okay, this is a weird sentence to say, but it did get me thinking that there's a flavor for everybody in now. these books. There's a flavor for everybody in these books that I feel like some enterprising internet company is going to hook onto because any of the Camille books, three guys yeah. at a time or to choose from individually or two at a time. Uh, Delilah has... One dude. One dude, but one dude, has... One dude only. One dude and one dude only, but uh, uh, has had men in her past that she's still kind of attracted to. And you got Manali over here, bisexual, both men and women. Mm -hmm. So really just filling all of the... Hmm. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> really getting a, a, something for everybody. Let's put it that way. Okay, okay yeah. Moving um, on. <laughs> moving on. Uh, they, they, Camille eventually like touches one of the tombstones after the big egg fight. Uh, they have another egg fight, but it's like a an immature egg, and so it's pretty funny that they're Just all they're all super worried about the other one, but then they crack open this one early using silver weapons before it gets all fed and stuff, and the spirit demons are like, and they're not well formed and they're easily cut down. So it's pretty funny to see that comparison. Um, but then Camille touches a tombstone and goes inside the mind of a god. Oh, neat. she goes inside Gulak's mind. Gulak. That seems like it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and then she comes out, and it, like when you are confronted by Gulak, there is no like I'm afraid of this. It is it is just like fear is like put upon you, and uh, uh, but she comes back out of it, and she's gonna try and stop it. And one of the other hags of fate is going to help her do it. Ooh, which Be one? Uh, Petrarch, not Petrarch. That's an Italian writer, but uh, something like that. Penta Pentecost, or I don't know. I didn't. Nope, take that's that. also different. <laughs> <laughs> something with Penta. There's that's five. That's its own thing. That, that's its own thing. Um, but she's gonna help her. So uh, Camille gets this orb that gives her a spell that uh, in her left hand that if she touches Gulak will transport them to the Netherworld because that's the only place Gulak can die, and she is going to be in charge of killing a god. And the, hag, nice. the hag of fate says you are going to kill a god because he uses like all of the energy of angry ghosts to power himself and then uses the or like kidnaps ghosts and then they're angry about it. And so that makes him more powerful to be able to kidnap more mm -hmm. ghosts. And so he's really upsetting the balance and he has to be killed. So they're going to find Gulak by in interrogating this cult that's been invest or brainwashing all these witches. They go to one meeting. Camille gets this like. Uh, disguise spell put upon her with a talisman. She goes, and would you know it that the leader of this cult has the eighth spirit seal? <gasps> and this spirit seal, its special power is to like charm everybody, like magically charm you and mm -hmm. brainwash you. And even she can kind of feel the charm of it, but she knows what it is, so she's able to kind of resist it. Plus, the guy's really slimy, 
and she doesn't like him. Uh, and so he's like, oh, you're so special and you're going to fit into our special club. And so why don't you come with me? And she wants to, she has everyone with her, like in mm-hmm. the background. So she's not too, well, she's scared, but she's not like being kidnapped. And then he takes her back and it, it, it he just takes her to Gulak. <laughs> like, it's one meeting that she has to go to and she is taken to the god. <laughs> and so the god comes out and... Uh, she's nothing if not efficient. Yeah, she rips off the uh, the dealie that disguises her and Gulak's like, No, you fool, you've brought her right to me! And he's the, the head of an alligator, which I think was supposed to feel, like, scary. But it's creepy and body kind horror, of but it ends up just being funny. Yeah, yeah, like imagining a crocodile talking would be like, "No, you fool, you better to me." And I did a motion that was very funny for our audio <laughs> listeners. But if you've ever seen uh, Rick and Morty, I thought about Crocobot uh, from the the Vindicators episodes. But so Camille hits him with her left hand. They go to the Netherworld. All of the other people in their coterie. We need a word for like the group, the, the OIA crew. or whatever the crew. The crew. Yeah. Trace Hunter boys. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i think that oh god that's there's like there's like ocho horny boys yeah. that was the thing <laughs> well that's like that's camille's husbands i guess yeah. horny boys. um she takes gulak to the netherworld and is uh they are the, the any men that can come with them to the netherworld so like shade can come smoking can come a little bit uh rosurial the incubus and vanzier the uh the Spirit, the what kind of demon is he? I don't know. He's a like a like a, a dream demon. Yeah, yeah, dream eater or whatever. Yeah. Um, they they come and they're distracting the god while Morio and Camille are doing the morted the grand mord spell. So like the the permanent death spell that they go through and they kill the god and she goes into his brain a little bit longer to go into the side of death and whatever. But so they win. She kills him. Woo! It's very exciting. She kills a god like one minute after realizing she's going to need to. But this is the end. Uh, they go back. Manal, she's like, I think I wish things would just calm down. And Manali's trying to cheer up. So this is a quote that just sums up a lot about Otherworld. I nodded, pushing the worries out of my mind. Manali was right. The demons might be hiding in the shadows, but right now we were alive and we'd found another spirit seal and we killed the god. We were surrounded by family and friends and loved ones. Considering <laughs> what we were up against, it couldn't get much better than that. And I love that in that episode that we listened to, Sue, we, we listened back and we I was making so much fun of it for trying to mix the, the grandiose and the normal. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, that's what makes Otherworld work. That's though. what makes Otherworld so amazing is you legitimately feel kind of at home, or at least I do, when she, you like come back and it does feel warm and inviting like when you're in the house with everybody mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, one thing I cannot get out of my head, this is not in this book, but I think it also sums up uh, other world very well is that Cammy went to Smokey's den for the first time mm-hmm. and someone was there to like watch over her because she got sick and so they're like I guess you can sleep on the couch and like in this underground barrow there's a couch it's, <laughs> like, it's probably from Ikea like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and then they're building a house and uh, Iris is pregnant with twins and has to uh, live in a trailer and she's like it's so uncomfortable and I hate it also she's three feet tall and uh, yeah, she's yeah. pregnant she's a <laughs> twin yeah, she's a house sprite she's that is uncomfortable. She's just a sphere. She's yeah. just a sphere. She, it's like a Veronica salt when she gets rolled around. Yeah, Veruca. <laughs> Veruca, I'm Veruca sorry. Salt. type of wart. Wait, no, it's Veruca salt, the, the goose one. Violet Beauregard. Violet Beauregard. Worth the time. Anyway, that was Haunted Moon. Uh, continuing to get better, except for when people are banging, but that's most of my life. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I met other people. Was, other people. That was really rude. Um, to your, to your wife. 
Um, okay, so I read Autumn Whispers, which I, which I have thought about the title of 75 times because I can't keep any of them straight, but I'm pretty sure it was Autumn Whispers. Um, it's the one that's in between Haunted Mood and whatever one Susan's reading. <laughs> I think all the years are, are called something like fall. close to Autumn Whispers. <laughs> like, they're all some version of Autumn yeah. Whispers. It's like a uh, computer-generated text thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so the opening of Autumn Whispers, Whispers was a little, um, unusual, I guess, in a couple of ways. Um, so one of, so the book opens with, um, Delilah is taking her first soul as a death maiden. I keep, also, I keep wanting to say death eater, which is a different thing. Um, so <laughs> that she's is taking, indeed a different she's thing. taking her first soul as a death maiden and, uh, she's told by Greta, her teacher and mentor in the death maiden way yes her name should is we assume that they're valkyries uh so they're kind of like valkyries if valkyries had cool tattoos of oak leaves and also didn't <laughs> ride horses yeah but like greta's a real valkyrie kind of name it is really a valkyrie kind of name so so greta is delilah's teacher and she's like this is your this gets to be your like i can only observe you i cannot help you because this is your first like one that student teacher yourself. Yeah, essentially. Um, so she's collecting the soul of Gerald, who is who is bad, and who Grandmother Coyote. I read this. Grandmother Coyote. It might have been in an intro at the very end of your book, possibly. No, like this is the other. This is the 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 Delilah book that I read. Are you sure? I yeah. Huh. Interesting. Are you sure it wasn't Shaded Vision? Uh huh. Okay. I could have sworn I read this. Okay, so well, so grandmother going. grandmother Coyote has asked that Delilah take this person's soul for some reason, like asked the the asked the Lord of you know of Autumn or whatever his uh-huh. name is, Haran. Uh, that's his that's a secret name. Only Delilah knows that name. You guys probably don't know that. No, name. I know. <laughs> I do. His name is Haran. Uh, so. Uh, the grandmother coyote has asked Haran to have Delilah collect this man's soul for some reason. He was very bad. He's upsetting the balance. It's really a thing the hags of fate do not like. Do not upset the val- the no. balance. It will get the hags of fate on your bad side. You don't want that. No. Um, so Ozana Krosk was that the name of the hag of fate in your book? She's not a hag she's of fate. Not a she's, fate. Uh, she's an elder fate. Oh, she's yeah. an elder fate. Just kidding. Um, so I feel like we need, we need like baseball cards. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so Gerald, she collects his soul. And when, when Delilah collects souls, she sees the lives of the people who she's collecting the souls of. And Mm -hmm. Geraldo is into some bad stuff. And in the flashbacks that we were provided in the book, I was like, oh, he's involved in sex trafficking of Faye. It's particularly yeah. Faye women. Yeah. And Delilah did not pick up on this. And that's the, that's the real reason that I wanted to talk about this scene in, in like some more detail. Cause the rest of this is kind of going to be a breeze through. Um, how did Delilah not pick up on this? She's supposed to be a private detective. I know she's not supposed to be the best private detective, but come on. But she's always she been naive. Be, yeah. Isn't she supposed to be really naive? She though? is supposed to be really naive, but also there was a, there was a moment in the vision where like there was literally a woman bound crying and yeah. like begging for her freedom. And I was like, how do you not see this as at least some kind of slave trade? Yeah. Like, Okay, anyway, so she collects this guy's soul. They don't know why. Um, Greta tells her that Grandmother Coyote will probably have more to say later, and then we return to sort of normal life. 
Um, overall, this plot kind of started like a normal Otherworld book with like a ton of stuff going on. Yeah. So, um, like oh, kitchen meetings galore. Yeah, so many kitchen meetings. But there's like a big plot and a little plot, and then and they're not super clearly tied together. But you can probably start to make some guesses. So the big plot um, is from Grandmother Coyote, who shows up almost immediately and is yeah. like, "Yo, I have some news." Um, uh, so it turns out that Gerald, Gerald, I keep wanting to say Geraldo. Gerald was involved in something. Some kind of company that owns a building in Seattle called the Ferentino Building. I am um, familiar with this. I imagine that you are. And she says, we need you, you three, the Trace Horny Girls, need to investigate. <laughs> <laughs> you three need to investigate the Ferentino Building. There are things going on that are bad there. Please go investigate this. This is your task. Um, <laughs> Sounds like the history of Japan. Yeah. <laughs> you need to go investigate. There are... Things that are bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, the small plot is almost immediately after Grandmother Coyote leaves, they get a phone call from two random vampires who are worried about a friend of theirs who's missing. <laughs> is her name Violet? Her name is Violet. Yeah. Um, so, so Delilah and Camille, who are the ones who are home because it's night, um, agree to go talk to them at the Wayfair bar with Mentally. So, they, they're, they're going to like, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to have all three sisters together. We're going to talk about whether we want to take this job and then we're going to go. So, we go to the Wayfair. Um, and then the story sort of continues from there in its normal, like, inciting incident, investigation, thing, 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 thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we begin the cycle of this book that was weirder because we start having a series of destruction slash birth pairs. So first, uh, the, <laughs> oh, way, the Wayfarer burns down. Classic it does. It no! sure burns down. I guess I didn't read this. Bye-bye yeah. Wayfarer. It sure burns it all the way down. It burned all the way down. Um, oh. And also, Iris has her babies at oh, the good. same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was getting worried about her. Iris has her babies at the same time. Um, so then after this happens, um, so the Wayfarer burns down, and it's very sad, and Ma- and Manali is very hurt by the entire experience. Mm-hmm. Like, she, it, it does, not, does not super go well with her. Um, and also... Not not least because at least eight people died, and they don't know how many vampires died because vampires don't leave bodies behind when they die yep, in fires. they just turn into dust. <laughs> how convenient. Yeah, so, um, and one of the people who dies is Cassandra, who was uh, one of the waitresses, who was one of her friends, and a waitress at the bar. It was really uh, sad. Do you have yeah. her name spelled out? It's spelled with a Y. It's spelled with a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then also an H, yeah. Um, so, uh... So yeah, so that's the sort of like bir- first birth slash destruction, like double whammies, yeah. where like these two things are both going on at the same time, so like a lot of stuff is happening emotionally, and then they go back to an investigation, and they uncover some more things, and then they have to go to Otherworld, they have to go to Elkanave, I don't know how you guys have been saying that in your head, um, the elf mm-hmm. city where Queen Asteria lives, yep. they have to go talk to her, and Shara has to come too, um, and then Elkanave is destroyed. It is. Totally destroyed. He yeah. was on his way. Yeah. He got um, to it. He got to it. There was a big storm and it destroyed everything. And Queen Asteria dies. No. R.I.P. And also so does their dad. Yeah. Oh, I knew this from the Crimson Veil. Yeah. yeah. So their dad dies um, uh, in the rubble. Oh, that's um, that's a, a good time for him to die, though, as, as much as one can be, because he made up with Camille. Right. For the, At least they get yeah. to reconcile. Yeah. Um. So then they come back. So, so Delilah and Camille were separated from the rest of their of their coterie. I like that word. Uh, when the city was actually destroyed, so they they eventually make their way back to um, Earthside, <laughs> and uh, and then the rest of their coterie has already gotten back because 
Smokey and Shade were with them, I think. So they just, the like, Ionic Seas. Through the, the Ionic Seas. Um, but the stress of going through the Ionic Seas meant that Shara, that Shara went into labor. So now Shara also has a baby at the same time. So like it's like, okay, we have these two giant periods where somebody gets born and something gets destroyed. I'm smelling spinoff. <laughs> um, so uh, Shara has a baby. Uh, Chases. Chases baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also Shara has to go be the queen of the elves because she's yep. the only one left. Everyone else died because the city was destroyed in a giant storm. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. So Chase is a, Chase is a single dad. He's living with Iris and Bruce, and Bruce and their babies. And also Bruce's mom, who is a duchess of what the leprechauns. <laughs> Well, I'm happy that even in this absolutely insane book, we can still get a priority on rich people. So that's yes, good. it's pretty great. Um, so they return, uh, and they return to the sort of investigation after they've kind of dealt a little bit with the uh, destruction of, especially Elkanave, Um and then they quickly discover that the previously mentioned big and small plots are actually intertwined, Whoa. and Violet was captured by the guy, the people who are running the Ferentino building, and those people are trying to shock of shocks awaken an ancient demigod of <laughs> vice and business um <laughs> i am not joking it's those two things together um so yeah that is kind of the the like short and sweet version of the plot of this book and there it ends like they figure out that the big plot and the small plot are tied together and then shade and delilah have sex and then the plot and then the book ends that's it that was the whole <laughs> book <laughs> it's like oh cool this is this is neat um it's over yeah 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 so that was fun and exciting. Um, oh, one other major revelation that came from Carter, who they visited like four times. In the this half time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the half titan. Um, so Carter just uh, provided them with the news that they have two cousins on their mom's side. Daniel, Daniel, My and Hester. Cousin. Daniel and Hester. Wow. So they meet Daniel and Hester, and they like Hester a lot, and also Hester's wife. And they do not. Well, they feel weird about Daniel. They think Daniel's a little. Weird. They mm-hmm. get a weird vibe from Daniel. Um. So yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the uh, the basics. Uh, I have a whole section in my notes called "Extremely Otherworld Shit." Um. <laughs> uh, I really think that I can't remember when Pinterest started, but it must have been around the time yeah. that this book came out because oh my god, she got a lot more specific about what people were wearing and started including things like brand names, which is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I really love that at the beginning of the Otherworld series, because I think this started in, like, the 2000 aughts, mm-hmm. uh, and it's supposedly only 18 months later, but now it's it's the 2014s, 15s, while this is being written, and so it's like, oh, and there's way more internet and different fads on the internet now, and it's still, in modern day, don't think it was it, and yeah. so, like, many more people have smartphones instead yeah. of flip phones. Mm-hmm. Like, or, or daytimers, which is, like, a not uncommon use, yeah. that thing that Delilah has investigated, and with somebody's <laughs> handwritten daytimer. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah, so Pinterest definitely came out, because there's definitely a lot more specifics. Um, this was definitely a book with a lot of, uh, with both D-A-E-M-O-N-S and D-E-M-O-N-S, so oh, that was God, cool. Oh, God, we've got you here. Yeah. Are those two separate pronunciations? I, I would say technically they're not supposed to be, mm. so that's even In my head, annoying. though, because there's there's both of them in these right. books, I always read them as Dean Damon and Damon. Damon. Yes, no, I agree. Because I have to find a way to... Also, there are many points in, in attributed dialogue where people say the word demon, de, like D-E, demon, followed by D-A-E, demon, 
just like back, like almost back to back. And yeah. it's like, how could you, how could you have any conversation without, mm-hmm. and without like also holding up a thing that's like, I'm not talking about demons. I'm not talking about demons. <laughs> you have a, you have <laughs> a little card system. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On popsicle sticks. Yeah. Demon. Damon. Um, me say Damon. Me say Damon. I was trying to, I was trying to find a pun to end that, and then I, I couldn't do it because then Matt is quick Damon with you. Come and they burn down the bar. Uh, f- for what you brought up about Elkinview and now Elkinave, You know when you you're singing along to a song and you don't know the words, and then you just sing something, and people are like, "What do you sing there?" And you go, "Well, I don't, I don't know. I just yeah. you just say things, and they're like, "Well, what did you say?" And you can't put actual words back to the noises that you made. That's how I've just been treating these words in my ah, head. <laughs> like, oh, hold on. Yes. Um, yeah. So the other, one of the other extremely otherworld things was, uh, at one point, um, Delilah is talking about, about some species' family traditions. And she says, family traditions or fam trads. And I was like, nope, no one says that. Like, <laughs> come on, girl. <laughs> Please Hashtag stop. fam trads. <laughs> Hashtag fam trads. That's not a thing. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I will say, uh, Mick, I have been... I feel I feel like we have perhaps had the opposite experience reading these other <laughs> books. So, I find the, the tone switching... I, I do find the like the fact that they have this sort of like home life uh-huh. very endearing, and I do really I think that that is that actually comes across fairly well. But I find the tone switching occasionally very exhausting <laughs> yeah. and weird it's and whiplash. alienating, <laughs> um, yeah. especially so like uh, when when after the Wayfarer burns down, Delilah's in the hospital because she was injured during a fight, um, and she like goes and finds Cassandra who was like mm-hmm. burned and then mentally essentially has to kill her mm-hmm. to like take her out of her misery, which is like a really heavy moment. And then it's like Delilah goes back to her room and watches TV. And that's like narrated in the book. And I was like, this probably should have been cut. Cause it's really weird that that's like, like that's in some senses, that's kind of a human reaction to be like, I'm going to do something that lets me not think about what just yeah. happened. But also it was a very strange actual Thing to see narrated in a book that yeah. I that was like a little alienating. Well, at least you didn't get a forty-page sex scene. That's true. <laughs> Delilah is not one for forty-page sex yeah, scenes. That is fun. Um, I do. I can tell that I legitimately like this series because I have a very important question. When Elkhorn was destroyed and Asteria died, what happened to the spirit seals? Are they safe? Um, so that is an excellent question. I should have included that in my notes about big happenings. Um, the Telejar guy got one of them, the one from, Tom, from Tom Lane. Oh, Tim the first Lane. one. First yeah. One. So he caught ca- his people captured Tom Lane, Tom Lane and everyone is essentially like, man, I hope they just killed him. Uh, so it's kind of like, I trust y'all's judgment. <laughs> other word people. Um, but, uh, the other spirit seals, they have recaptured the ones that Amber and Luke had. So those are actually going to be... I think they're in Iris's house at the end of this book. And then uh, the seals that Venus and Ben had are currently MIA. No one knows where they are. People hope that Venus knows what he's doing and is doing his shaman mm-hmm. nonsense and making sure that the bad guys don't get a hold of him. Nice. Okay, that's exciting. Venus yeah. is doing that, we learned Great. in my book. Great. So he those, seems like a tricksy fellow. So. Those ones are, as of now, safe. And then Amber and Luke are hidden by Grandmother Coyote. Oh, perfect. Mm-hmm. She's, she also seems like a tricksy person. So mm-hmm. that's... One thing, yeah, that, uh, one more thing that I really like about this is when they meet uh, uh, Daniel and get a weird vibe. Is that with Otherworld, you legitimately do not know if they are right to have that, uh, yeah, like, yeah. or if it will turn out that he's okay. 
Right. And it's like, <laughs> and also I like that sometimes it's neither. Like we yeah. see Daniel again, he comes over to their house to just like try to get to know them. And there's really no resolution. Like it, they kind of decide like he's not a bad guy, but he's also not a good guy. He's yeah. just kind of a weird dude. Yeah. Like I like that. I feel like this book could easily get into their like everyone is either bad or good. Right. And I like that they allowed there to be some ambiguity. It's yeah. like how nice. when you see somebody cough in a movie, you're like, oh, they're sick and gonna die. In other world, you'd be like, <clears throat> oh, oh. And then it'd just be coughing. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Or they might die and start a worldwide plague. Yeah. You never know. It could be both. It yeah. could be both. <laughs> so my book is definitely a continuation of the plot of that one. Like we well, do I mean, with... it has to be. It has to be. Because mine did not end. Um, <laughs> my book so is like... about a circus elephant that goes on the <laughs> loose. It's weird. <laughs> we, go... <laughs> we go to Cassandra's funeral. We deal with their father's death. And, like, they do the ritual to, like, bury his ashes. Right. They deal the with the wayfarer. being um burned down and apparently some of the the two dragons shade and Smokey, are gonna front manali the money to rebuild the Mm -hmm. bar they promised that but Mm -hmm. bruce not so selfish um we we spend most of our book on the the... can i interrupt for exactly one second because my absolute favorite thing that was in this book is that the the wayfarer r.i.p had two bartenders and one of them is named Derek. And Derek is a wear badger, and the other one is named Digger, and Digger is not a wear badger. <laughs> I was so so completely amused by this fact that I just, I was just like I'm gonna go high five um high five Yasmin Gallinorn because, because she Digger is not a wear badger. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. Continue. So that's who Derek is. He works at the Wayfair, not Jimmy John's. Yeah, we had a whole well, head cannon. He can't work at the, the yeah, Wayfair now. Like so Jimmy now John. he works at yeah, Jimmy John's. Um, so we spend most of our book on, like, the big, the big plot of, um, trying to figure out what is happening with the, what is the F name building? The, the Farentino. Farentino building, um, which Ooh, is... spinach a, instead of Canadian bacon. Which is actually a, a sex slave operation run by a demon named Lowstar. He's yes. our big baddie for this book. Um, and then they're, like, they spend a lot of time being worried about the people in Otherworld and all of the people that have been killed in Elkanave. Um, then there's also just some, like, there's some fighting between Manali and her wife, Nerissa, because Manali is also the wife, or the consort Consort. to a vampire lord named Roman. And sometimes Nerissa gets a little jealous, which is fair. Seems fair. Um, some great Yasmin Galenornisms. At one point, we described Nerissa as an Amazon of a woman, Aphrodite incarnate. She was 5'9". Those, Those two things are different, and also Amazons were very tall. Right? Like, I love that, like, 5'9 is supposed to be, the, like, this Amazon of a woman, like, super tall, like... Delilah's 6'1". She's 5'9". Delilah is the Amazon, and er, and then maybe the Nerissa is the Aphrodite incarnate. Well, no, that she, would be she would, she would probably She's probably going for Artemis. You want to be, like, uh, she's probably, like, she's fit. Right? Yeah, she, yeah, she's supposed to be, like, very, like, muscular. And, yeah. Camille is Aphrodite, y'all. Yeah, let's be be real. She is a Renaissance painting. (laughs) Manali also describes her, my lover, my wife, my companion. I played her body like a rock star's guitar, wild, passionate, and with a grip that wouldn't quit. Oh, boy. (laughs) Where are you gripping? I don't know. Um, Then there was also, uh, like, Camille and Nerissa were, like, teasing Manali that, like, they're going to start hooking up on the side. And Manali says, oh, please, if the two of you ever ended up trying to kiss, you couldn't even reach each other. Between the two of you, the cleavage factor would keep you at arm's length. 
<laughs> so that I found kind of funny. It's like if Hitler and Klingons kissed, their mustaches wouldn't touch. Oh, jeez. Um, it's exactly like that. Exactly <laughs> like that. Except with less Hitler. They're also... Very, Trillian is very worried about his homeland of Svartalfheim. 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 That one I knew. Um, Because there's a storm that's going after it. It is a sentient storm that has consciousness and will. That that's is, what got Elkanave. That's Elkanave. what got Elkanave. Yeah. Um, there is, at one point, Mick and I were talking about, if you could be any of the non-sister characters in Otherworld, which one would you be? Oh boy, that's a big question. I have decided that I am... No, are you saying which one would you be, or yeah. which one are you? Which one are you? I can't answer that question right now. I don't okay. even know who well, all the people are. It's Derek. Fair. It's a good one to ponder, but my my answer to to this was um, Hannah. Hannah is the one who became their like maid after Iris. She's the new out. Iris. Yeah. yeah, she's the new Iris. Um, because Maggie, they come. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good answer too. Maggie, the baby the gargoyle, baby puppy. gargoyle child. Um, and like a puppy. She says her, uh, so they come back like all sad and upset, and it's been a really hard time. And they found out about their dad dying and. Um, Hannah, they're just, they're talking about Hannah, and they say her answer to sorrow was to fortify the mourners with good food, warm clothing, and a soft bed. And I'm like, that's, yep, that can be seems me. Fair. That seems like me. Um, but yeah, there's also just some, like, really interesting character beats about some of the characters. Like, um, when someone asks Manali what she does at night when everyone else is asleep and she's the only one awake, and she says, the house was quiet during the late night hours, and I relished my time to myself. I was in the middle of reading a biography of Rasputin, and the reading was slow and dense, but interesting. <laughs> Why was this included? But okay. I wonder if Rasputin was some sort of otherworldly man. Probably. Couldn't be oh, killed. Sure. I won't, oh, maybe he had a spirit seal. Maybe he had a spirit seal. <gasps> oh my maybe god. He did. Um, we also get Wait some... Wait till 4chan hears about this. We also get some backstory that I never remember hearing about, but maybe one of you did. Um, there's a character named Bran. Camille detested Bran. He mm. was the son yep. of the black unicorn and raven mother, and my sister had taken an instant so dislike a bird, to the man. A bird and a horse have a baby, and he dresses like a pirate. <laughs> yeah, he's a person who dresses like a pirate. Neither elemental lord, greater or lesser, nor truly fae, Bran stood between worlds, much like the elder fae. It didn't help that Camille had killed his father, even though it had been her destiny and the black unicorn's choosing. Even after the black unicorn was reborn, it seemed that Bran nurtured a grudge. So, uh, Camille is the priestess and everything. Bran was going to be the choice for her, like, priest Consort? mate person mm -hmm. until, uh, Moria went in and was like, nuh-uh, let me do it. And apparently three queens can be easily convinced to just let anyone be priest of their religious order. Uh, but the Raven Mother is obsessed with getting Camille to be her priestess and not the Moon Mother's. Mm. So. Let's see. Um, some other things that I find very entertaining. Not far from Smokey's Barrow, through the forest along a wooden trail, was a snug house where Smokey had offered refuge to Saint Giorgio George. Profeta, a man who believed he was St. George. She's like, okay. Yeah, Smokey takes pity on the guy who tried to kill him for like two decades. Yeah. But he had like children's play armor, didn't he? I remember correctly. That was literally the only time that he was ever mentioned in this oh. book. That's what I love about this book is that they throw in little details about that and you're like, what? Okay. Well, we are reading only we are one reading out of only three. a third of them a piece. True. Um, then, so at one point, they figure out where in underground Seattle all of the victims of this sex trafficking ring are being kept, and they go to rescue them. So they're rescuing Violet, and there are four others. They go in, and they're like all armed and ready to go. 
Roz opened his jacket. As usual, he was a walking armory. Stakes, magical incendiary devices, mm. daggers, shurikens, and a mini crossbow, and gods knew what else were fastened snugly into the folds of his duster. You're insane, but that's beside the point. We can always count on you for some sort of destructive firepower. Morio shook his head, but he was laughing quietly. I'm ready. Smokey, what about you? I am a weapon, was all that the dragon needed to say. Smoky. Which I also found kind of funny. Um, they're... So they rescue the women who have been captured into Lowstar's sex trafficking ring, and then they bring them back home, and Grandmother Coyote helps hide them, too. Mm. But then Lowstar finds out that they have broken into his underground place, and he gets really mad. Oh, the sex slaves are gone. And so he decides that he's going to, like, fast-track his plan to bring the demigod to life. Yeah. And so they Fast figure... Fast-tracking your plan is always a great idea and will never turn <laughs> against you. Well, so they figure out... So, again, we've spent this whole book and much of your book yes. building against Lowstar. Right. He's our big baddie. So they find the temple where Lowstar is going to be doing the ritual to wake the demigod. They break in. They fight. They're too late. He's already woken the demigod. But the demigod basically, like, wakes up immediately kills Lowstar, and then just shoots off into Seattle. And that's the end of the book. Gotta go hang out with Derek. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, I know what my book's so, gonna be about. So your next circus book elephant. is gonna be, yep, about a circus, elephant, a circus elephant. Loose in sure. Seattle. Um, but it was just like, it felt kind of Stephen King-esque, where you, <laughs> go, like, you build, the la- build up in the last two books talking about this big bad guy, and then all of a sudden, like, he got crushed. That's he got go, stepped on by a demigod. That's going to be on the next book cover. Stephen King-esque. Susan Dickinson. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was this book. It was funny because when I read it the first time, I remember thinking, like, I kind of feel like this book is a transition book between the last one and the next one. But really, in terms of Otherworld, this had a ton of action in it. So I think I just had to, like, calibrate to what the other world, other world books were like. I also, I also think it might just be a shift in the way that she's writing the books. Yeah. Because if it's if it's happened twice in a row that essentially the books ended on a total cliffhanger, like the last, what, 14, the previous 14 or 15 yeah, books. Yeah, pretty self-contained. Were pretty, yeah. Well, they were self-contained in the sense that, Small like... Small plot. Yeah, the, the, story, the story had a clear end, and usually they're sort of, like, at the beginning... They are starting from not necessarily being extremely um, overstretched, but yeah. also it's sort of like they're they're starting in the pause, and then they have a whole bunch of crazy stuff happen, and then they end at another pause. Yeah, and I feel like we're sort of moving away from that. Yeah. Maybe. So I'm assuming that in the next at least two books, if not three, we're dealing with the the. Demigod. Who's well, we already killed an, a full-on god. Yeah, so. we're so they killed an actual god in like two books. That's true. We're dealing with the the Elkaneve storm thing, Fallout. and I think the next three books are the last three. Mm, I don't know about that. Not like the final three. Oh, they might be the most recent three written. I think Cammy has a, a, a fourth book. Yeah, and uh, I think she's still writing. Um. There no. are only books on Goodreads through, there's like the next three and then the three after that, I think. Are projected. Oh, okay. Um, but when we finish this series, I really want to somehow brew beer for each of the three <gasps> sisters. That would be, be so awesome. fun. Uh, the Cami beer will be a full, full-bodied full stout. Of course. Of course. The Delilah beer will be like some sort of Oktoberfest. 
for October all of her Fest, autumn or some kind of some kind of like Golden cider Blonde. cider Ooh, cider, 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 cider would be a good one inflicted beer yeah or, or some sort of like blonde yeah. uh, ale and then Manali would be a blood orange pale ale love it so, we have a house now so we can do we some will beer soon brewing. have a house yes uh, I'm very excited for that and loyal listener Charles will have to help me out now that he works at a brewery and has a gigantic beard because it's pretty much statutorily required of him um, that will do us for this episode of Bibliovile. Strictly speaking, we might uh, go back to the role-playing one a little bit more often. I hope that's fun to listen to. Uh, we got a shout-out from a stranger to me, which was pretty fun. Right, Michelle? Yes. Yes, my friend, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Theron, uh, retweeted our, our fun, fun Monster of the Week times. I'm very, fun, yeah. Fun, 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 fun. So back to Monster of the Week, maybe. Um... Yeah, I like doing Bibliovile, but let's face it, uh, it's it, I mean, we might need to take a break from it for a little bit to mm-hmm. refine its funness in full. Um, so that that will be us for this week. I promise that the next time you hear this podcast, uh, uh, we will have uh, fun times ahead. Michelle, I don't think you'll be on every single podcast forever, so I'm sorry. But uh, it's just because you love me so much, I'm, so it's, it's fine. Very true. I yeah. do love you a lot. Uh, I'm pretty sure this will be five straight. Except for the pilot episode of Molly's Monsters, five straight podcast episodes with Michelle as a yeah. guest, um, not recur- not recorded concurrently either. <laughs> it just it happened just that way. Subsequently, I suppose. <laughs> um, but anyway, you can follow us on Twitter at Bibliovile. That's B I L B B I B L I O V I L E. Thank you. You can follow me on Twitter at Dickie D I C K I M A A. You may not follow me on Facebook because I deleted it. I'm on Twitter at Susan J. And I'm on Twitter at ICFASNTW. At least that wasn't quick. Um, Yeah, so please retweet, like, share, subscribe, smash that like button. Uh, have a review on iTunes. We had another one from a stranger. Uh, well, maybe it's like it, they listened to a whole lot of different stuff. It was crazy. So that's exciting. Um, buy our t-shirts that we don't make. I love have you. Have a good night, Matt.